Welcome to Take Brain Talk with your girl Flavella Fong Gang. And today I'm gonna fuel your brain with some bomb knowledge. Are you ready? Let's do it. This episode is about NFT, non-fungible token, and I had a great conversation with Sei Awutunde, the founder of Delicier. We talked about what NFT is, first of all. We talked about what NFT can offer and the possibility of the business opportunities for NFT, whether you are an artist or not, and also how NFT is changing the space, whether you are an artist or whether you're not an artist. What's interesting as well by C, uh, about C's journey is that he's went through a lot of ups and downs, and those ups and downs allowed him, ups and downs, if I can say it correctly, allowed him to be able to be where he is right now. So we're going to learn about that and the power of resilience and so much more. So let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Tech Brands Talk. It's me, Flavella. I'm so happy to have you back again for another episode. And today we're going to talk about NFT. Do you know what NFT stands for? Do you have your own NFT collection? Well, if you don't, you can actually check out my first collection, which is available on OpenSea. I'm not even selling. I, will, I never thought I, I would be saying today that I have my own collection of NFT, but I have with me one of the person that actually introduced me to this space. And I'm going to talk about all the opportunities in the NFT space, whatever you're familiar with, metaverse or digital art, and what is the future as in stock for people who are like us, pioneers, is, I wouldn't actually call myself a pioneer, but it definitely is. And I have with me Seiyi Awutunde. So let me tell you something about Seiyi. Seiyi is the Chief Visual Officer of Delicier, connecting high net worth individuals with digital, physical, and experiential based NFTs. NFTs stand for non fungible tokens. They are the first luxury NFT marketplace which manage, which merge, should I say, virtual reality exhibitions with digital high-end marketplace to enhance the buying experience of NFT. This is a mouthful, but don't worry, we're going to break it down. So, say, how are you? So good to have you. I'm honored. What an introduction. I'm really excited to be here. Um, how have you been? I'm good. Thank you very much. And, you know, it's funny because people don't know that we are actually in the same, you know, conversation. We have a conversation about the, about moves in whatever it is, crypto, whatever it is, NFT. And you've been one of the person that has been so helpful. So it's such a pleasure to share you, <laughs> all my listeners, so they can benefit from your knowledge and everything that you've done. Because beyond just creating Delicia, you're also among the tech founders of the 2021 Barclays Black Founders cohort. But before we get into NFT, I would love if you can share with us your journey, what led you to where you are right now? Sure. Um, a little bit on me in terms of my journey. Um, it's been an interesting one, um, to be honest. Um, I'd, I'd rewind um, about two, two or so years ago, um, whereby um, it was a, I got married, um, which was an incredible day, the best day of my life. Congratulations. Thank you. Very, <laughs> the kids very, in the background. Yes, you can probably hear them in the background, mm-hmm. jumping crazy, jumping, having a lot of fun. Um, the following month, unfortunately, I lost a job, which, again, obviously wasn't an ideal time. Um, then started another job in 2020, um, only to lose that job um, on February. Uh, so, yeah, again, not the time 
to really be losing a job. Um, you fast forward the following month, we entered the first lockdown again, so it's not really ideal to be out of work. Um, by June, my beautiful son was born. Um, and at that point, I kind of knew to myself that, um, well, I felt like I had, it was a calling from God, to be honest, that even when I lost the first job, that I was kind of finished working for people. And not, I don't say that in a jogging way or looking down or anyone that works in 95, not far from it. Um, it is probably part of the making of me, to be honest. But I just kind of knew that I had dreams and aspirations that I considered be um, larger than that, so to speak. Um, so I decided at that point in June, end of June 2020, to start a gardening company. Um, and that was on off the premise of making a list of my skill set mm-hmm. and saying, what is kind of COVID proof? Um, so what, irrespective of COVID, could I do to ultimately drum in um, some money? Um, and glory be to God, from starting it, it went from success to success. Um, so to paint the picture for you, I started the first job. Um, I'll never forget the job. Um, the It was priced at £429. Out of it, what was profit was about £110. We fast forward um, a mere four months, and I was then agreeing jobs worth over £10,000. Wow. Ironically, in a place called Wimbledon, where I lost my last job a couple of months prior to that back in February so it's been a really 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 interesting turn of events from there um the following month I then got casted for a BBC documentary which came out ironically on my wedding anniversary the 12th of October um last year um you look um at the start of last year 2021 I then was kind of faced with the option I said okay Whilst my gardening business is doing exceptionally well, glory be to God, I then said, you know what? Um, I don't want to have just money coming in from one stream of income. I want to create multiple streams of income. Then I had a really good conversation with one of my mentors and big brothers um, called Franklin Bertang, a fascinating entrepreneur that I'd encourage everybody to check out. Um, he runs an Instagram page called King of Trainers. But then what he also has is he also does a lot of branding work um, for people, um, coupled with the fact that he runs a um, CBD chain um, called um, Green um, in Shoreditch. Again, mm-hmm. something to also really, really check out. But having a conversation with him, um, he talk, he mentioned NFTs to me. And then from there, as they say, the rest is kind of history. As soon as I entered the space, I was kind of flooded with really incredible opportunities. So it's interesting you to say that because I think one thing that I picked up from your journey is that sometimes, you know, we have to put out of our comfort zone and a negative is not always a negative for say, it all depends on how you react to it. It's able to, you know, to bounce back and, you know, having resilience of, you know, you know, being married, having children, having children, having a child, you know, it motivates you even more. And it's great to see that. And the second thing that I like is that, you know, you, you've been given to you a new idea and you took it on board to go a bit further because most people say okay well i'll create my own nft and that's it but what what happened led you to then decide that i'm gonna take it a bit further with nft and create um your space and your business around that really interesting question and it's funny you're probably the first person that's actually asked me um that as to really why um and for me it came about 
um, just really, I think, understanding the space initially. So for me, initially, it was a, it was an investment. That, that's what I got into NFT space for. But it very quickly manifested to me, one, educating people about the space. And then secondly, um, also, um, people, a, a lot of artists coming to me for advice in terms of their NFT drops, in terms of what they should do. Um, but last year, I turned 30 back in March. Um, at the time, we were still in a lockdown here in the UK. So I said, what way can I kind of celebrate turning 30? Obviously, I'm not going to have uh, friends around. And at the same time, I wasn't going to go out anywhere. So I said, how about putting on like a really immersive experience to celebrate my birthday in virtual reality? But then also couple that with NFT artists. And instead of my friends telling me happy birthday, they can go and buy a piece of art to one, support the artist, but then also so that I can really celebrate my birthday. Um, yeah. And then what kind of really blew me away was the response. Afterwards, um, it was featured in many incredible places, part and parcel thanks to one, the incredible artist that took part in it, and two, a really incredible, incredible publicist called um, Leanne, who very kindly um, used her network and sent it out to over like 10,000 tech writers. It ended up getting picked up on publications like New York Times, um, Coindesk, which is a very, very popular um, crypto platform. They've done an amazing spread on it, which till today, I still get artists reaching out to me. I'm off the back of. That's amazing. That's amazing that, you know, you were able to see something, a gap in the market. Because when it comes to NFT, I think it's it's a space that people are uh, a bit doubtful. So people are listening to this, yeah, this is not for me. What what can we tell them in terms of the opportunities in the NFT space? Yeah, so for me, I I do hear that, unfortunately, quite a lot. Um, But I I look at it um, as this. There's not really many sectors in the world where... There's a real sense of community. Um, and when I say community, I don't say it as a lip ser- for lip service. I mean a real sense of community where people are working together um, and just there's that sense, there's a wonderful energy um, in the space. And I think for me as well, if you look at numbers, numbers don't actually lie. Um, and for me, this is the fastest growing asset class in history. Um, and I'll go back to the very beginning of the space, so to speak. So if we looked at like 2017, back then the space was worth um, $30 million. Um, By the following year, that had risen to $180 million. By 2019, that was sat at $210 million. 2020, it rose to $250 million. And last year, it was anticipated to grow to $1.3 billion. What it actually done was over $12 billion in sales. Um, mm-hmm. For me, that's not something that can be ignored. Um, and I think one of the really, really interesting things with NFTs um, is the smart contract. So what a smart contract is, is ultimately like um, it's code. But if we was to kind of simplify it, I would say it's the properties that make up the NFT. And one of the interesting things with it is that you have the ability to implement royalties on every single secondary sale and that's really like changing a lot of people's lives yeah you imagine 
the typical art world, um, typically when you sell a piece, that's the end of the story. Mm. Um, you never see um, any of the profits um, f- um, further on. I know, yes, there are some cases where that's not the case, but as of a whole, um, yeah, artists have been ripped off for centuries. Whereas you have a space like this where automatically when that piece is resold, um, you get a slice of that pie as the original creator. Um, For perspective, you have the ability to um, go up to 30% in royalties, but Mm -hmm. I say it's pretty much like industry standard that people do between um, 5 to 15% on every single secondary sale. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I think people think that NFT is only for artists, but you don't have to be an, an artist to be able to, you know, have your own product on in the NFT space. I mean, myself, I have my own collection, but again, my collection is a very business-driven collection, not necessarily artistic. But behind that, I'm, I'm developing a community and that's, you know, so really can be used in, in so many form of ways. And that's what also makes it super exciting and obviously combining that with what's going what's going on with um you know the new generation you know new web generation that's coming up and obviously the metaverse and everything else the possibilities are endless but you know when you think about the future what do you think is is going to be the future of nfts yeah i feel like you've kind of really hit the nail on its head like for me nfts where does it end? Um, especially with that type of smart contract and that type of technology, in my opinion, it can be utilized for absolutely everything. So for me, if I'm to simplify NFT, all I see it as is just a means of selling. Um, so just to reiterate that, I just see it as a method of payment, which happens to be based on cryptocurrencies, if I'm to completely simplify it. So looking at that, what can that be applied to? Especially whereas the the speed at which it, it operates. So you look, we could use that. And there's been examples of it as well, um, whereby NFTs have been used to sell, for instance, property. So there was a flat in Kiev, which was listed at um, $20,000, but ended up actually selling for um, $96,000. It was a real um, studio apartment in Kiev. But ultimately, they just used the NFT, so to speak, as the means of selling it. Um, so that was quite interesting. There's been um, other things like, for instance, there's been, I think there's cars. Yeah, there's been a car that was sold um, as an NFT. Mm. So for me, it's like, where does that kind of end? Um, in the music space as well, we've seen um, yeah, yeah, music being sold as NFTs. We've seen yeah. music legends, some of their pieces being sold. We've seen things like even domain names. Um, so whereas there was the whole big .com, dot com boom mm-hmm. um, in the 2000s, you've got the exact same thing within crypto. Um, so again, those are NFTs. So back in 2017, someone bought beer.ethereum ETH, for I think less than $20. Uh, it Not recently, but as of like about six months ago, that same domain was bought by Budweiser for $100,000. Um, so mm-hmm. it just kind of goes to show if we look at like um, the virtual world as well, the whole metaverse, where does those kind of opportunities let, um, end? For me, they ultimately don't, which I think That's is such a really, really exciting thing. Hmm. For someone who, someone listening to this uh, episode right now and 
And, you know, what advice would you give them in terms of getting started? Yeah, I think one thing that's really um, important um, with getting started is really doing research. Um, yeah, because unfortunately there are, whilst it's in this credible space, at the same time, there are some bad eggs that yes. are that ultimately try to profit off of people who are new in the space, with it whether it being scams or just trying to rip people off, where they're charging extortionate prices for courses, and the reality is there's not really that much knowledge actually being shared. Hmm. Everybody, everybody. That's the thing, and every time people see there's a high level of of money movement there's always going to be people going to try to get something out of this and and as you say yourself do whatever it is stock whatever it is you know crypto whatever type of or whatever it is just you know hiring a client you should always do your research and don't just jump in. and i think the formal fear of missing out is people that's what people need to be able to control their emotions especially when it comes to um you know nft i mean we've seen some you know amazing thing in this space in terms of how i think what surprised me the most is what people are ready to spend for one nft piece right and um and i think you know what what i love and i found fascinating about this space is that we need to reimagine everything that we thought was rational when we think about this space yeah, it's really interesting that you say that. Um, it's a <laughs> it's really much a conversation I have almost every day, um, where someone's like, "I just don't understand this. Like, this is a photo. Why am I spending twenty grand, a hundred grand on a photo?" But I, I think it's, it's understanding what that photo actually represents, um, whether it being a sense of community, whether it being an incredible project. And then also really remembering that we're not talking pounds um, or dollars or, or yeah or euros. So whereby, like hypothetically speaking, a thousand pounds is a thousand pounds in a year. Reality is probably even a little bit less due to inflation. But argument's sake, let's say it's a thousand pounds in a year's time. Yeah. If we look at like what um, NFTs are built on. So they're primarily built on what's called the Ethereum network. Um, so Ethereum accounts for 90% of NFTs and NFT sales uh, at this moment in time, looking at last year's figures. Um, if we look at them and look at the coin as of a whole, it pretty much went up um, 638% over the year, over the course of a year. Yeah. Um, so that's like a six six point three ax on on that for instance that thousand pounds. So it's like where is your money best spent? I do appreciate whilst this opportunity it is crypto, money can go down. Um, if you look at the minute, the market has significantly dropped. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather place my eggs on that type of basket as opposed to the pound, where we know a pound's always going to remain a pound. Mm-hmm. It will if potentially even less. It's true. It's true, especially if you compare it to you know, the value of a Bitcoin or the value of Ethereum. But I think we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about Delicia. So see you in a second, everybody. You are listening to Tech Brains Talk, a conversation on the strategy of becoming a remarkable individual and creating iconic tech brands. Your host is Flavilla Fongang, author, speaker, and founder of Three Colors Rule, a creative branding and marketing agency for tech companies. For more information, go to threecoloursrule.com. 
If you found this podcast helpful, please help us by telling your friends and rating us a five stars on iTunes. Thank you. Now, back to where we left it off. Hello, everybody. We're still here, and I'm still with Sayid talking about NFT. So NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. Think about, you know, think about everything that you know right now and erase it from your brain, yes? The world is evolving, and the rationality behind NFT is not what you can, what you think about, whatever it is art, whatever it is business, really open your mind to new possibilities. And I think that's what's exciting about this NFT space, whether you are, you know, a novice and know nothing about it, do your research and really understand the space, understand how it works. Don't make any formal move, you know, fear of missing out. And really find a place where you can, you know, you can have a network of people who have experience and can advise you, maybe be a bit of an observant. And that's always the reason why, you know, I've been able to start in the NFT space because I knew Sei, you know, for God knows how long now, and I was able to be able to ask a question. So if you don't know, it's always too good to ask and find experts. And obviously, Sei has done um, starting his own business, Delicier. And I would love if you can talk more about that because you talked about connecting high net worth individuals with digital, physical, and experience, experiential based NFT in the luxury space, and then obviously using virtual reality as well. So, are we talking meta? Are we talking NFT? Are we talking as well crypto? Are we what else is involved in 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 this in Delicier? Yeah. Hey. Um. Yeah. I think before I go any further, let me just do a quick explanation in regards to what an nft actually is so nft like you just mentioned stands for non-fungible token so to give you an example of and it's quite important understanding what fungible is i remember i initially heard that term i was like what on earth is um fungible what does that even mean but um to give you an example of something that's fungible um flavia um if i was to for instance give you um come to you with um, a £20 note and you had two £10 notes, if we just um, changed that, we've just substituted something of the exact same value. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So in theory, you can also even do the same thing within crypto. Again, another currency. So if I was to give you one Bitcoin and you gave me the equivalent in Ethereum argument's sake, Again, we've just substituted another the same asset class of, with another asset class for mm-hmm. the same value. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what you can't do that with is, for instance, your house. So the house that you're in now, even if I built that brick by brick next door to you, um, it's not your house. It doesn't have the property. It doesn't have the same properties. It wasn't built the same time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Likewise with the Mona Lisa. Um the Mona Lisa, even if it was the same hand brush, the same period of time, and it was a like-for-like identical, it's not the original Mona Lisa. Um, so applying that logic, um, put that on what's called a blockchain. So a blockchain is a record of transactions. Um, that token element is what we call an NFT. Mm. Um, now, where we're seeing that commonly used at this moment in time is within the world of art. We have crypto domain names. You have collectibles. So whereas there was stuff like Pokemon cards, there still is. You've got the exact same thing within crypto. They're just called um, collectibles, crypto collectibles. You have stuff like in-game purchases. 
So the likes of like, for instance, Minecraft, I partnered up with a company called um, Sandbox um, to deliver in-game purchases. You've got stuff like virtual real estate. So ultimately, the, the kind of opportunities are really, really endless. And it's, I think that's quite exciting. Now on to um, what Delicier, um is. So that's my absolute, that's my crypto baby. Um, so it's a project that I've been working on quite extensively um, since last year. So off the back of my exhibition I'd done, um, I kind of saw a real gap in the, in the market, so to speak. Um, when I was looking at the space, I kind of felt like they were very reminiscent of each other. And I felt like whilst OpenSea are doing an incredible job um, and that they are doing phenomenally well, um, I felt like they almost represented what feels like an Amazon or an eBay um, of the world, which isn't a bad thing. Obviously, we know how well yeah. those companies are doing. But what I felt at the same time was I didn't feel like there was a platform that was reminiscent of like a Harrods or a, a Fulham and Masons. So I said, that's the platform I want to go on. That's what I want to bring to the space. Um, and I've been working quite yeah, diligently um, since since April on the platform. I'm very excited to now say the platform is now built. Um, and it's not just the NFT platform. We also merge virtual reality into it. And my whole rationale behind that was... Um, off the back of my exhibition and seeing the response that that got, when I looked at NFT marketplaces, whilst they were very, very nice, I did kind of feel like something was lacking. I said, if I'm spending this, these sums of money and I'm seeing pieces going for like millions, I said, I want to kind of see that piece dancing. I want to see it come to life. Um, just seeing it on like what rem- what feels like it, and, and Amazon isn't really enough for me. So I said, how do you go about really enhancing that whole buying experience? Uh, for me, that's where virtual reality really came into play. Um, so I was like, if I was to merge the two, people would then start imagining, imagining the pieces inside their own homes. So again, you're even increasing the utility behind have, owning an FTR. Yes, absolutely. And I think people can't really visualize, you know, the digital art as physical part of the, you know, as physical art that they can have in their physical space. You know, it's interesting when you talk about that. I remember seeing as well a documentary where someone had a physical, you know, NFT representation and it was beautiful to actually see, you know, art in motion. And I think there's so much behind that. And I love the idea that you can be anywhere and you can have access to the platform and be more and and I'm obviously as a branding person I'm all about experiences and why you created to really just transport people so it's really nice to think about this is happening absolutely yeah yeah absolutely I thought that was really important and I love what you just said in terms of experiences because when I looked at NFT space I didn't see that I saw lovely NFTs but I didn't see an experience behind it which is again kind of the reason why I've kind of gone against the mold to a degree um, with the platform. So whereas the majority of NFT platforms, um, artists can just list, list at any given moment or create their NFTs at any given yeah, any time, I started to do things a little bit different. I said I wanted to put together NFT exhibitions. 
so there was a theme um behind yeah every release and it, ultimately that everything was kind of telling the story mm-hmm. so when you go to the best um, galleries around the world and exhibitions they all tell a story so, mm-hmm. so why can't why does the nft space have to be an exception to that it doesn't so, so what, and I think, yeah see what, what can we expect now so people want to hear about dlc what can they start can they buy? Can they look? What tell us? Yes, they can. Yeah. So with Delicier, um, we combined um, digital pieces with physical pieces, as well as experience-based pieces as well. So on the platform, we're launching with a custom-built Defender, which is a really luxu- luxurious car. We have like diamond-encrusted um, 18-carat gold cards, which are membership cards for people who own um, an extensive amount of crypto, whether it being up to $100,000 in crypto, which is called Club K. And then we also have Club M as well for the crypto maximalists who have over a million in crypto. We have jewelry, um, so diamond across the jewelry. We have art. Um, We even have some very high-end music as well Mm -hmm. from really exciting project that i'm very excited about i am very you know i must say i'm very excited for you and i and i wish 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 um more people to come and discover what you're doing because i think you are one of the people that i really see as a disruptor and i want to change the space and really help people transport and again as we say creating those experiences and being an entrepreneur is it's not an easy journey and i'm sure there's a lot of um a lot of lessons that you learn along the way is are there any any things in particular that you would like to share Absolutely. There's been, honestly, so many lessons um, learned. I think I could probably write about five books off the, <laughs> <laughs> off the lessons learned um, over the past two years, to be honest. But um, I think one thing that's kind of really stood out to me was a, um, what well, is my favourite, there's my favourite saying, which I've kind of really lived by, which is a successful man or a person is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at him, thrown at them. Um, I feel like that's kind of really testament um, to you the love journey. that. Love. <laughs> Thank you. And then I think the second one, again, is, is another, um, it's actually a speech, um, but this one um, says that the, yeah, it's, it's about being the person in the arena. Um, so, irrespective like life ultimately throws you challenges um it's unfortunately not a bed of roses every day um so there are very very difficult days but it's ultimately about how you deal with those challenges um and i think that's what that says a lot about who you are as a person and that's i guess that sheer determination to succeed i think has always been yeah been a sign at the forefront of my mind and it's especially with I think especially in the tech space with this type of project, raising mm-hmm. capital and whatnot isn't an easy thing to do. Um, it was the first time you're actually doing it. Um, so that was, again, a really, really interesting journey, I'd say. Yes, it's true. And you know, at the end of the day, no matter what we're doing in the tech space, it's always about people, the relationship that we build with individuals, um, the partners that we choose to we choose to work with, the people that believe in us, that recommend us and support us, you know, day by day. And and as you say, you know, is that resilience that we have to continuously have, whatever, you know, we're trying to achieve. Being and I always say to people that you know, 
you know, don't, you know, if you really want to achieve something, be ready to be, to challenge yourself because, you know, nothing happened, you know, in your comfort zone, you have to get out of that. And that's beautiful just to see, you know, your journey from, you know, being my redundant, you know, starting a gardening business and now in an empty space. So I'm curious to tell us what, what else say after that, what can we expect from you? Yeah, I'd say for now, this is my, this is my focus. Um, I feel I feel I've really fallen in love with this space. I would say um, I, I love tech, um, and it's interesting saying it because I, I never would have heard myself saying that, um, mm-hmm. even like two years ago. But the reality is, it's such an immersive space, and I feel this the speed at which it moves is really really exciting, and it's just opened up some really incredible doors. I'd say for me, um, and I'm very fortunate to work with some really incredible people. And I think as a young black man as well, um, it goes without saying as well. Um, for me, it's like I, I see it as a, I have a duty to really show what's possible um, as a young black man and to show that you don't have to go down the the wrong way. Not to say that every black young black person does because we don't, no. um, but it's, it's, I think it's quite, I've been pleasantly surprised by the outpour from a lot of young black people, both um, male and female, who have said that they found what what I've done within the space quite inspiring. Yes, and you are inspiring, and you're inspiring. So my question to you now is, if you think about your journey and um, the legacy that you're creating, how would you like to be remembered? Um, I, I think that's a great, I love that question, really interesting question. I think for me, in terms of how I want to be remembered, it's just someone that um you know, that wasn't scared to take risks and ultimately just tried like it gave his all um in every, in everything that that he does um at the same point as well i always have this i have this thing i've always said a long time um that that i want to work to the point where five generations are taken care of um yeah, yes. where i can say yeah there's a fund in their name mm-hmm. and literally whatever they want to do in this world they're able to do, whether it being go to university, whether it being buying a house, whether it being traveling the world, there are literally five generations that yeah, they're taken care of. Um, and I said, I don't fear hard work. I'm prepared to put in 20 hours a day. I've done it for almost like, almost two years now. So it, I don't fear hard work. hours a day for the last yeah. two years? How are you still alive? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow. <laughs> Wow. I'm really impressed. I think, you know, you're doing some amazing, amazing work. You're a great human and um, I wish you really all the best. And I know that, I know that you're going to do well. So for everybody listening to this podcast, yeah, this guy's probably going to be, uh, as I keep saying, say you, make sure that you give me a space on your boat when you get there. Yes. Don't forget me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Never. Yeah, we will be, we'll, t- we'll take that picture on the boat. Don't worry, on the yacht. <laughs> You know, give me like six months, we'll be there. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, my body will be ready, so don't worry about that. So, yeah, (laughs) on on a serious note, um, tell us if people want to reach out to you and find out more about about Delicier and find out more about what you do, or maybe even interview you. What's the best way to reach out? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm I'm on social media, so I'll give you a few of the handles. So you have my personal one, which on Instagram. Is Shay, so that's spelled S E Y I dot T C C. Um, you have the Instagram page as well, which is um, D E L 
I C I E. Don't we say you will put the details yeah, in, in yeah, the, the description? description. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, um, yeah, just on social media. Is Instagram the best place to reach out to you? Yeah, I say Instagram. Yeah, there's also Twitter as well, but again, it's, it's the same stuff. So Shay underscore TCC. Got it. Don't worry. Everybody listening to this, this will be in the details of the podcast description. So look at this menu. Probably best respond. It will probably respond best on Twitter, on Instagram. See, it was such a pleasure to have you. And for all our amazing listeners, I hope you've learned something about NFT space. Do not be ignorant. Be curious. Keep your curious mind. That's how you keep your brain young and healthy. So explore what the NFT space has reserved for you. You don't have to be an artist. If you're a business person like me, you can always try to do something that is different out there. So um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Listen to it twice. Listen to it in the morning and listen to it in the evening. And I hope to see you very soon. So take care, everybody. Bye-bye.